best three things on my sleep game. First point is you've got to change your mindset about sleep. Number two is dialing in your sleep environment. Third area is dialing in your body for sleep. Absolutely transformed it. Six, eight weeks ago, I was actually writing a book earlier this year. My book, Sound Sleep, which we finally published and finished. I think that this book is going to be a game changer for people. And this video is gonna be very, very valuable. Watch it, let me know what you think, and then go to the blog post. We have a detailed blog post. If you like that content, if you're resonating with that, check out the book. Insomnia, sleep optimization with carnivore diet. This is a personal issue for me that I've dealt with for a number of years and in the more recent years have found quite a bit of resolution. I'm gonna give you my best three things that I've done to sort of work on my sleep game that have absolutely transformed it, made it much, much better. Something like 68% of Americans have some sort of sleep issue, sleep disorder. So there was a period of my time for about six months where I did not sleep well, and that sort of traumatized me. It sort of affected my ability to sleep. It sort of came on when I became an entrepreneur six years ago, and the stress levels of work and what we were doing weren't really lining up well, and I was just dealing with a lot. Thankfully, at this point, I could say I sleep very well. I can't even remember the last time I actually had any sort of insomnia. I think sleep is so important for all of us to optimize, and it's something that we can, we can easily get over with just a few tweaks. So the first point is you've got to change your mindset about sleep. You see, when you're sleeping, you're not actually turning your mind off. You're actually going and allowing your mind to sort of go through unconsciously processing memories, experiences, learnings, emotional events, and you're also accessing deeper levels of your thinking and what you actually operate from. So a lot of people think when you sleep, you kind of just shut off your mind and you're resting. But the thing is your mind can be highly active when you're sleeping. And one of the biggest things that I've found with improving sleep quality is actually changing my belief systems. You see, when you start sleeping poorly, you develop reference experiences. You develop these experiences in your mind that I sleep poorly. When you start having problems falling asleep when you lay down, when you start feeling anxious, you start to develop these impressions, these beliefs in your unconscious mind that essentially prime you to think that you're not gonna sleep. And a lot of times they can even be outside of your conscious awareness. They can be parts of your mind that you don't even consciously know. But when you sleep and you're activating all of your other parts of your mind, these beliefs are very prevalent and very dominant in how you're experiencing sleep. And so they directly affect the quality of sleep that you're having. So the single most important thing that I've done, and it still blows my mind that these researchers have not written a lot about this. I think it's partly because most of them have not dealt with insomnia personally themselves, is developing a positive reinforcing subconscious set of beliefs that allow you to sleep deeply. You have to focus on this and it's challenging because one, people don't think it really matters that much. Two, they think it's kind of woo-woo. And three, they don't really know how to do it. And what I'm gonna do in this part is just show you exactly what I did to change this, to improve this, to get my sleep to levels where I was optimal. So writing affirmations is really powerful. So what I want you to think about here is one of the best ways you can change your mind and change your belief system in your subconscious mind is through reaffirming consistently the beliefs that you want. The thing is when you're writing an affirmation, what you're gonna do is you're gonna get a journal and you're gonna write three to five different statements in the present tense that are not negative or not negating. So a lot of people when they write an affirmation, they think I will no longer be a smoker or I will lose this amount of weight. And it's better to be 
saying things like I am thin versus I will no longer be fat. Again, you're doing two things that are wrong with those affirmations. When you say I will no longer be fat, you're saying that I will, which affirms in your mind that it's something that's going to happen in the future, but isn't happening right now. So when you say I will no longer be fat, you're saying that in the future, I will not be fat. And the other thing you're doing is you're directing your mind to the idea of fat. So instead of saying, I will no longer be fat, you wanna say, I am thin. I am thin. What does that do? One, it directs your mind right now. It doesn't say, I will be thin. It says, I am thin. So it accepts in your mind the belief that you're becoming thin, that you actually are thin at this moment. The other thing it does is it says, it doesn't negate. So it doesn't go, I am not fat. It says, I am thin. It focuses the mind, directs the mind where you want the mind to go. It's very important that you direct your mind and that you don't try to not do something, but instead do the thing that you wanna do and focus on that. As the old mantra says, energy flows where focus goes. So if you're focusing on not having something, not doing something versus focusing on just being a certain way, you're going to get much better results by just focusing on being that way. So in the case of sleep, we need to come up with some affirmations. And you can take this journal and just start practicing and writing present tense, positive affirmations. Two of my favorite are, I sleep deeply and soundly all throughout the night. I sleep deeply and soundly all throughout the night. And I fall asleep quickly, easily, peacefully, and happily. I fall asleep quickly, easily, peacefully, and happily. You can write other ones too. Like whenever I lay down, calmness washes over me. Whenever I lay down, calmness washes over me. And you wanna formulate affirmations that have an emotional connection that you feel are strong and empowering to you. So think about that, make sure that they're in the present tense, and then generally the best practice is to write them 15 to 20 minutes before you go to bed, three to five affirmations, three to five times in a row. So I would say, for example, right now, I just write kind of maintenance affirmations for good sleep. I say, I sleep deeply and soundly all throughout the night. And I say, I fall asleep quickly, easily, peacefully, and happily. And I repeat those multiple times in my journal by writing them by my hand. And then that's something that I have. That's a belief that I had that never would have been mentioned, never would have been spoken but now that I've sort of developed this discipline where I'm writing it down, it has an opportunity to sort of etch into my mind a new belief system that is more empowering. And as I'm drifting out of conscious into my unconscious, my unconscious has just been primed with this idea that I will sleep deeper, sleeping all throughout the night. And this really builds momentum. It builds an undercurrent of ability to sleep much better. If you get in the habit of writing down affirmations and you dial in these affirmations, so they're really empowering for you, within, I would say, two weeks, if not even sooner, you're gonna start to notice that you're sleeping much better. And this alone is probably gonna be enough to reshift your frame of thinking, to reinstill beliefs, to connect positive emotions with the idea of sleeping and to allow your body to relax, go at ease, and really drift into sleep. At the minimum, I want you to practice this for two weeks straight, do it at least five days a week, and just make it a practice, make it a discipline. Even if it's just one to two affirmations, start doing it 
every single night and you'll find profound impacts as you go. The other thing I wanna mention is whenever you're dealing with something where it's a major habit change, major belief system change, you may have what's called setbacks. So just like when you're dealing with say, for me, for example, I had anxiety for a while and I was working through it through books and through counseling and, and for a while uh, I would get these runs where for three, four, five days in a row, I'd have very little anxiety. And then day six would come along and it would just hit me and I would just be completely leveled. I have terrible anxiety. I would feel like what I was doing was, was, was not even helping, that I was making it worse, that I was, it was just building up, that I wasn't actually getting results. And you have to keep in mind that your mind has these beliefs that are established over months and months and years. And so you're completely rewriting that programming and parts of it can still peer through the cracks and bubble up. So with sleep, especially in my personal journey, there were nights where I would get insomnia and I'd be so frustrated because I had been sleeping well and then all of a sudden I fell off and I couldn't sleep well and I had a terrible night and it would discourage me. After deviating for a bit and just kind of buying into that discouragement because I thought at the time, well, this isn't working, I should try something else. I learned that it was really the persistence, the consistent persistence of programming these beliefs that was required for me to actually overcome the challenges I was dealing with. When I did that and I stayed consistent to what I was wanting to do, I found that I was able to very effectively over time, very quickly, stay on path and have less and less of these setbacks. And that's what you'll find with your sleep, generally speaking. I'm not trying to tell you that you may never have setbacks, because that's possible. You may never even have some. This may be all that you need. But if you do get setbacks, it's not the end of the world. It's really just a matter of rushing it off, realizing that you can't win every game, and realizing that eventually you'll get better and better with practice and focusing on the process. That's what this comes down to. You cannot control every night. You're not gonna be able to control every aspect of how you sleep all the time. But if you reinforce these beliefs, you continue with that practice, with the reinforcement of the process, you're going to be priming your mind and your mind is not gonna have a choice to accept any other belief than the beliefs that you're giving it. So area number two is dialing in your sleep environment. And this is really valuable. So the body is a biological organism that has evolved over millions of years as a human. And a lot of the way we slept before has been altered by the, the beautiful luxuries of modern world living. We have controlled temperature. We have much more light available to us at night. We have things that are wrecking our rhythm. They're, they're not allowing our body to receive the signals that nature gave it for hundreds of thousands of years to allow it to sleep most optimally. And two of the biggest things are temperature and light. So when you think about your sleep location and where you actually wanna sleep, you want that environment to be very dark. The general rule of thumb is get blackout blinds, put electrical black tape on all the outlets, all the lights that you can block, and then unplug other devices, and limit light in that area to the point where if you hold your hand in front of your face, you can't see it. That's how dark my sleep environment is. The thing is you have actual receptors on your skin that can detect light, not just in your eyes. And so if you have light coming into that sleep environment, it's going to affect your quality of sleep. And our ancestors did not have the same amount of artificial light, blue light, all these different lights that were affecting them at nearly as high of an intensity as the stars and the moon. 
at night. The other thing that happens at night is the temperature drops and our bodies are primed and most optimal sleeping machines when we actually experience a drop in temperature throughout the night. So when you're sleeping, it's important that your temperature is lowered so your body can sleep. It wants to cool down. It wants to sort of slow down and cool down and temperature is a big signal for that. So practice setting your thermostat lower. If you have a, a cooling topper that you're considering, I would check that out. If you're looking for other ways to keep the bed cool, check those out as well. But in general, keep the temperature lower through the night. Handle noise. If you have noisy neighbors, talk to them. Let them know that this is bothering you and work with them. A lot of my neighbors like to stay up late and I enjoy it as well. But some nights they, they're like up on a Tuesday and I'm trying to go to bed at 10, 30 or 11 and I hear a bass coming through the floor, I feel it. And I have to text them and tell them, hey, kill the bass, like everything else is fine. Soundproof your room, put soundproofing on your walls, put a bass trap in the corner of your room all these things can kind of help. Put a thick throw rug on the foot of your bed to kind of trap, capture, and muffle some of the vibrations. There's lots of things you can do. You can also wear earplugs. You can have white noise machines. All these things, depending on your situation and your location, are gonna make a difference to really help you because when your body is falling asleep, if it's getting startled by vibrations, by noise, it can affect your sleep quality and you don't want that. In addition to wearing earplugs, I also wear an eye mask. Even though my room is completely pitch black, I wear eye masks. And I do this for the main reason that if I travel and when I travel, I don't want to feel the anxious concern around my new sleep environment being lit up more than I'm used to. So for me, I obviously want my, my, my home sleep environment as optimized as possible, but I can't control an Airbnb or a hotel room or my parents' guest bedroom as much. And so to mitigate that and to create more ease and confidence in my ability to sleep, I will wear an eye mask all the time and I will also wear earplugs. If you're going to deviate a lot from your normal sleep schedule, which keep in mind your, your routine, and we're gonna get this in the third section here in just a second, your timing is very important. Your body's running on a clock every 24 hours, your circadian rhythm. If you're gonna deviate from that, say you normally go to bed at 11, 11.30, but then on Friday and Saturday, you stay up until three, four in the morning, you may wanna consider taking a supplement, something like New Mood or even a small dose of melatonin. What this does is it kinda of helps your body, kinda of trick your body into thinking, all right, well, it's time to go to bed and I can produce more of the hormones and the sleep chemicals that allow me to normally go to sleep versus it's normally got that signal at the right time to know to do it and you've missed that window and now your body isn't producing those same things. So consider new mood. I use it maybe a couple times a week if I need to for sleep and it allows me to sort of calm down. And then melatonin is, is the hormone that can really help you sleep as well, especially when you're shifting your timing. And if I know I'm staying up really late, I'll even take some melatonin. The third area is dialing in your body for sleep. So in this area, what I really wanna focus on is what you can do throughout the day to actually impact the quality of your sleep. And there's a lot of things you can do, but we're gonna go over some of the top ones. And again, if you wanna learn more about this stuff, go read our blog post, check out the book. We have a lot more detail there. But in general, one of the first things I do when I wake up is drink a lot of water with some sodium, and then I get sunshine. I go out on my patio, I look at the sky, I move my body around, I do some stretching. I try to just get my body moving and get light from nature 
on it. And that's something that will allow my body to sort of set the clock to start the day, to give me those energy levels and to also set me up for a good sleep at the end of the day because it now has a very clear signal that my body, it's time to start that rhythm. While we're on the topic, rhythm is one of the most important things. So if you're used to sleeping at a certain time, try to keep that consistent as much as possible. And I realize that's not always realistic with our social lives and our busy schedules, but as much as you can, try to respect when you go to sleep. Focus on getting movement during your day. When you move during the day, it doesn't need to be intense, strenuous exercise. We're talking about maybe just simple walks, things where you're outdoors, you're moving your body, it helps with your muscles being able to move more, it helps with you being able to digest food better, it helps just getting fluid flowing in your body. It makes a difference to just go for a walk and move. Consider heat and cold exposure. Sauna is great, don't do it within a couple hours of when you're going to go to bed, but if you're doing sauna in the evening after a workout, it can be fantastic for recovery and for warming you up and allowing you to sort of get the best results. And it's also great for detoxing. And it just allows your body to sort of reset and calm down and, and, and just kind of relax. The other thing is cold exposure can be phenomenal for allowing you to sleep. In fact, it's one of my favorite sort of hacks, if you will. And it's one of the things that I've learned through the years as one of those powerful mechanisms for getting really incredible, deep, powerful sleep. Just doing more cryo, cold plunge, things like that. Avoid stimulants, alcohol, caffeine. I know alcohol is actually considered a depressant, but caffeine, nicotine, these drugs can affect your sleep quality. Caffeine has a half-life of six to 10 hours for a lot of people. So if you're drinking a cup of coffee or two in the morning and you're getting a load at say nine or 10 a.m. of 200 milligrams of caffeine, that is still gonna be 20 to 50 milligrams of caffeine in your system at midnight that night. And it's going to affect your REM, it's going to affect your sleep, and it's not going to be optimal for you to get the best rest possible. In fact, I used to drink coffee every day for about five years, and I eventually decided to quit because I was getting anxious, I was having gut issues, it wasn't really optimal. There's a whole other slew of health reasons that we're not gonna get into on this video around coffee. But what I found was that when I quit coffee, I had some of those withdrawal symptoms around headaches and feeling low energy and fatigue. But once I got through that initial week of just purging my body of those and working off of it, I started to notice the quality of my sleep was much deeper. I felt much more rested and I frankly did not want the caffeine because I didn't need it. I felt like I was perfectly fine without the coffee and because of all the health benefits, things that I was getting from not having the coffee, it made a lot more sense for me just to kind of stay away from it. Nicotine has a shorter half-life, so for me, I don't smoke, uh, but I do use snus from time to time, and I find that that can give me a short burst of nicotine, which allows me to kind of focus on things, and I can quit it fairly early in the evening, say around five or six if I'm going to bed at 11, and the nicotine has around an hour half-life, so it leaves my body fairly quickly. Your diet and when you eat is gonna play a big role in how you sleep as well. If you're eating foods that are triggering your immune system, causing inflammation, causing gut issues, making you anxious, that's going to affect the quality of your sleep. If you're eating too late, generally no later than two to three hours before you go to bed, you're going to affect the quality of your sleep. In fact, I found that days where I eat several hours before I go to bed, I tend to fall asleep more easily and fall asleep and, and sleep much better and recover much stronger. If you wanna learn more about the diet, obviously this channel has tons of content there. I'm a big fan of the carnivore diet for a number of reasons and you can dig into that and go down that hole if you want to.
The last sort of hack I'll mention is stretching. I like to stretch right before I go to bed. The thing with falling asleep that I've noticed, and I've tried to track this for a number of years, is it's really hard for you to remember consciously the last thought I had before I fall asleep. But I notice, I will notice that my body shifts into a very deep state of relaxation when I drift into sleep. And when you stretch and you work through areas where you have tension in your body and you do that priming before you even get into your bed, you've got a head start. You've sort of worked out some of the tension and stress from the day in your body and you're allowing yourself to basically enter the bed and already be primed to sleep really well. Think about when you get a deep tissue massage or you've gotten a really good massage from something, just how relaxed and calm you feel, that is really conducive to supporting optimal sleep. So what I like to do is just kind of lay on my floor, foam roll, stretch, maybe listen to an audiobook if it's light and just calm down with no sort of screens and really low light the last 10 minutes of my evening to kind of rest and prime myself. All right, so how was that? I hope it was really helpful. And if it was, I highly, highly recommend that you go check out our blog post. And more importantly, check out the book itself. The book is launching today. It has been a work in progress for many, many hours. If I count my insomnia, which I'm not even gonna count, and I look at the amount of time I put into this book, I probably spent easily 75 hours researching and writing it amongst the five, six, seven, eight, nine texts I read, the blog post, the sleep tracking I've done for now multiple years on, across different devices and all of that information, all of the basics as well as the mindsets that I've really hashed in, I really succinctly put in this book. So if you've read my carnivore diet book, it's a bit more lengthy, it's a bit more detailed. Everyone understands why we need good sleep. We, we clearly understand the linking and the science behind the benefits of sleep, but it doesn't seem like anyone really ever talks about how to do it well. And a lot of people get anxiety when they go to bed or they struggle to fall asleep or they wake up early and they cannot go back to sleep. And this book is really about helping you understand how to do that, how to master that, how to master this key, extremely important area of your life which should naturally come to you with ease. Check the links in the video description. We have a link to the blog post, which is basically gonna link you and give you information about the actual book. We have a link to the sales page for the book itself, where you can go and learn more about that. And if you really resonate with this, I think it's well worth the investment to look into this product. I'm super excited and grateful to hear from you all because I think this book is gonna change a lot of people's perspective and paradigm and give them some exceptional sleep that they've been missing for many of us for a very long time.